Hey everybody and welcome back to the Food Mentor Podcast. My name is David Burns and in this episode we've created a fabulous mashup of our key highlights of our inaugural 2023 podcast, The Food Mentor. We've been running The Food Mentor Podcast now since April, so around eight months. It's been absolutely uh, fabulous fun and you'll be able to tune in, 25 minute podcast and get a really good insight into some of our key highlights throughout 2023 and listen to the pearls of wisdom from our fabulous guests. In a short period of time, we have reached our 2,500 download milestone and are fast approaching 1,000 downloads every single month. And we have listeners in 140 cities from 34 countries, which Zach and I find quite hilarious, including Iceland and Nigeria. From senior Coles supermarket executives to founders of successful cafe chains and some fabulous startups as well, we have some great stories that we've been involved with also from DJB Food Group and Creme Design. You're always going to meet someone interesting and learn something new here at the Food Mentor Podcast, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. This episode of the Food Mentor Podcast is brought to you by Nothing Dips, Australia's first delicious dip range in a paper tub with no preservative. Removing 300 tonnes of supermarket dip fridge plastic by 2030. Nothing is better for the planet and nothing tastes better. Nothing, now available at Woolworths, Aldi, Good Independence, with more big news early in 2024. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Food Mentor Podcast. We're nearing the end of 2023 and it's been a massive year for us as it has been for many people out there. It's been a busy year with lots of success stories and new projects for us. And one of those projects is our new podcast, Food Mentor. So how's that been, David? It's been a big year, hasn't it? It's been a lot of fun and it's been a great way to have uh, some great conversations with people, which we love doing. Um, and as you know, we figured, well, if we're having great conversations with people, we might as well record them and video them. May as well broadcast <laughs> them to the world. We're all across the globe now. Indeed. Yeah, it's been hilarious. So there's a, a directory platform called Buzzsprout where you can get all the analytics on your podcast downloads. And amazingly, um, we got to 2,500 download milestone very quickly, fast approaching almost 1,000 downloads a month. And the most hilarious part, Zach, is uh, listeners in 140 cities in 35 countries, including Iceland and Nigeria. It's incredible. I don't think <laughs> I'll ever get to that number of countries in my lifetime, but it's great to be listened all over there. <laughs> Yeah, it's great, and um, obviously uh, we and we have a good sense of humour, you and I, and we kicked off our podcast. For those of you that don't know, some of the listeners may be a little bit more recent, but our first podcast was our infamous April Fool's Day prank um, on the 1st of April. It was actually the day before, so we did cheat a little bit. We put it out there on the 30th or the 31st It's a bit of, of a tricky tactic, and a lot of people bought into this one. They did, they did. So we did a prank where we had uh, pranked everyone on. We had launched a new airline called Nosh Air, and the, uh, the primary focus was uh, amazing cuisine on the aircraft for all passengers, not just business class, Zach. Uh, and uh, we had um, a tapas bar up on the upper level yeah. of the Airbuses. Who doesn't want a tapas bar on the airplane? And totally. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> the irony is, you know, it's actually probably a real opportunity, which is why so many people got sucked into it. So we had, I think, almost 300,000 engagements on all of our social media platforms. We took it to the 
extent of recording a podcast with my sister-in-law, Lana, who interviewed me pretending to be from an Air News company called, in fact, Air News, uh, which was uh, pretty funny. I even changed my LinkedIn profile to have Nosh Air as the company page and, you know, I was the managing director, founder of uh, Nosh Air so that people did the research, they could see it was totally legitimate. And the, and the funny thing was we had, you know, some, some senior executive people congratulating me on the LinkedIn comment thread and this went on for a, a few days o- over the weekend. We had alleged live crosses to the Graham Norton show and <laughs> it just went on and on. Gordon Ramsay was involved, I think, in the uh, menu, <laughs> menu construction. That's right. It's uh, too funny. I thought it was fun. It's so convincing. I, I woke up on Saturday morning and actually thought I was actually the owner of a new airline. <laughs> and then, That's of course- yourself even. Indeed. And then we had to do the big reveal. Uh, but I thought it was pretty funny. And I think you thought it was pretty funny. And you know what? It is, life is pretty serious. And we just wanted to have a bit of fun for a few days, which we did. And that worked. Yeah. And just so that everyone doesn't get too confused, it is actually episode 10 because we did take it off and put it back on again recently to add it add it to our repertoire. We didn't want to keep fooling people all year, but then we thought we'd put it back up. <laughs> so uh, let's have a couple of, let's have a listen to a couple of minutes of the chat I had with, with Lana on uh, Nosh Air. So you're essentially challenging what really is possible at 30,000 feet. Yeah, we are. But, you know, I, you look at um, first class and business class. I have travelled business class once from... Um, from Melbourne to uh, to London, and it is a radically different experience. Um, so you know we want to we want to provide that level of uh, food and beverage experience and service for everyone on board. So Nosh that Air. leads me to my next question. So, is it true that Nosh Air is treating everyone equally from first business to economy? Everyone gets the same food. That's right. We, um, wow. we, we're taking away the hierarchy of flying, so there is no business class, there is no premium economy. We're not calling, uh, we're not calling the passengers, uh, we're not calling it economy class, we're calling it, it's an, if you're a Nosh Air passenger, you're a Nosh Air passenger. And what people we didn't want to think was that the podcast itself was a joke also. No, it was just the airline and we did continue through with this podcast. So we've got some great episodes, we've, we've talked to some amazing guests. And one of my favourite ones was their episode with David Andrew. No, absolutely. And I was lucky enough to work with David a long time ago, 17, 2017, 2018. And, uh, yeah, real character and inspiration for all the entrepreneurs out there. A um, couple of key highlights from me for David was, you know, he did say, quote, unquote, you know, if you're not first, you might, you might as well be last, which is a terrible thing to say. But... You know, la, la, an element of truth in that. So obviously, David um, started his journey with non 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 sugar or all natural sugar soft drinks. I should say, um, he's been in the icy pole game and cookies and cereal. And the game changer of him was, as we all know, the non alcoholic uh, spritzers. It was the fastest growing business with the Australian Australian Financial Review in 2022. Uh, going from a few hundred thousand to you know multiple millions at lightning speed, classic classic David <laughs> style. Um, and he also said, look, you know, his recommendations and tips were getting on top of the boring stuff early in the piece, like inventory management, and not leaving that too late. And he also did say that you know, lots of entrepreneurs in the early stages, you just think you've got a great product and a great and a great brand and a great story, and you know, don't get sucked into drinking your own. 
cool juice because often, uh, you know, what you think is amazing consumers and buyers don't, and that's pretty common. So don't drink your own cool juice, which I thought was an absolutely uh, terrific line, Zach. That, and so we went back to the drawing board and, and saw how alcoholic drinks, they get their complexity from distilled botanicals and all and, and things like this. So we scoured the world to find the best distilled botanicals we could find to help recreate that in all of our drinks. And we always use a blend of these types of things, whether it be a distilled botanical of chinchina or orange blossom or all these other elements to give that depth, to give the, you know, the smell on the nose and all those things because, you know, even more so than when we created our sugar-free drink, which even then when people, even when people wanted to have a sugar-free drink, they'd still look at, they'd taste it with this sceptical look on their faces yeah. if they were already sabotaging themselves. Like, and they're yeah. like, oh, actually, that's quite nice. It's 10 times worth of alcoholic drinks. Like yeah. when we go through these, when we go through these trade shows, I make it my mission to try and get, a lot, a lot of the time that women will come in first, they'll be interested and there's a guy standing over the back going, nah, I'm not going to like that. And I'll make it my mission to like, get yeah. them to have a sip because then they're just like, oh, that's actually quite good. As, yeah. and- another fabulous uh, colleague of mine, Ashri, and my business partner for Karma Bites, Pop Lotus Seeds, another fabulous story, kicked off as a UK brand. And again, it's all about being a little bit different, um, but not too different. And in that big popular snacking world, plant-based, gluten-free. So he's done an absolute fabulous job and um one of the things Ashwin said that resonated with me was that you know he was a very he was a very very good marketer. He'd done some great marketing campaigns with large uh, FMCG companies, and of course, when he's done that, he thought you know having your own brand would be an absolute piece of cake. And evidently, you know he's he's saying now it wasn't the case. So let's have a let's have a listen to the the journey of uh, Karma Bite. And then obviously, then that makes it really tough to, you know, help consumers understand what the hell pop lotus seeds are. So uh, tell us how you've gone about over the last five years, I guess, marketing and educating consumers on on what pop lotus seeds actually are. I think what we started off when we first started off, there was a, uh, I think my strategy was incorrect. I decided to focus on the health benefits. And that came across as potentially something preachy. And with a bit of research and my background, um, I was able to understand the top five reasons why people snack. Number one is taste. Number four is health. Uh, so you've got taste, flavor, crunch, and then you've got health. So we were just, we tossed that around and we came up with a different messaging hierarchy. So number one is always taste. We started talking about Karma Bites as the new and tasty way to snack rather than the new and healthy way to snack. So that slight change definitely helped uh, helped us connect with audiences. What we also did uh, quite successfully was a massive social media campaign, uh, which uh, did it on the cheap. Obviously, as a new brand, we didn't have the budgets to go all out. And when you're competing with the likes of PepsiCo, Mondelez for a supermarket shelf space, they can scream the loudest, but we had to scream the smartest. So I think that's where we were able to really create that uh, niche for Karma Bites. Karma Bites is a delicious product. I love it myself. You can get it in the supermarkets. Another one that we're involved with that's an amazing and delicious product is Nuffin Dips, which is also ahead of the curve in terms of sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fabulous story. So again, you know, through the lens of differentiation, every every dip's in the plastic tub, Zach. Every dip, most dips have preservative. So, you know, Hayden and I looked at the dip fridge and said, well, let's do the opposite of those things. <laughs> uh, delicious dips in a paper tub with no preservative. And it's absolutely been the fastest 
brand I've been in, fastest growth brand I've been involved with in since March 22, which is when it kicked off. Um, Woolie, Woolies, Aldi, another ma- another major retailer yeah. in the new year. Um, it's just been absolutely brilliant and yeah. um, great great story of how we actually uh, came up with the name as well. You know, 45, 45 second conversation around what do you think about the name? Nothing, which was Hayden. I said, yeah, it's really good, but I think you would have a challenge uh, trademarking that. So we came up with nothing. Uh, being the Brit that I am, nothing, nothing is better for the planet. Uh, nothing tastes better. So it's just a brilliant story. We're just chatting about nothing dips today, and we've just reached an amazing milestone on this journey. So what's that been like, David? Amazing story. Uh, nothing dips. We kicked off in March 2022, as you know, Zach, and uh, we set a, um, a target of reducing supermarket dip fridge plastic by 25 tonnes by 2025 and amazingly uh, last week we surpassed that target in uh, so it's been 18 months so uh, through people purchasing nothing dips um, instead of other dips in plastic containers we've reduced uh, supermarket dip fridge plastic by 25 tonnes already with a big thank you to uh, Woolworth supermarkets and Aldi as well good independent stores and also, obviously, you know, big thanks to the, uh, you know, the consumers out there that have embraced uh, Nothing Dips and have wanted to do the right thing by the planet. It's just um, an absolutely amazing story. It's just amazing to think that there is uh, 2,000 tonnes of plastic from Australian supermarket dip fridges that goes into our landfill every year. Just incredible. Yeah, it's an awesome milestone. A lot of plastic taken out of those dip fridges and out of the landfills. So you smash that goal out of the park, David. Um, do you, have you got a new target in mind? Yeah, we're chatting to Hayden, who uh, everyone would know is the, the founder and director up there in in Kyneton in country Victoria. So we have we did a bit of maths and we think we can get to three hundred tons of supermarket dip fridge plastic removed by uh, by twenty thirty. So. 300 tonnes by 2030, a bit of work to do, but the trajectory would suggest that we can absolutely get there. Um, You know, Hayden, like myself, got young families and we just, you know, it's very rewarding to uh, put your right foot forward and um, lead by example with um, doing a very small part with a little small business in country Victoria and, um, you know, really making a, a big impact and, you know, punching above their weight. Yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah, that's just it's just amazing, isn't it? That one little small country biz, country town business can have such a massive impact, and uh, yeah, we kicked that target pretty quickly. And the new one now is three hundred tons by twenty thirty, um, and you can absolutely see how that's going to happen. So it's just a just a brilliant uh, brilliant piece of work by Hayden and the team, and it's been great to have been involved over that little journey. Yeah, and uh, a couple of the of the podcasts that I was involved with predominantly. Uh, were episode eight and episode number 12, where we focused on um, brand differentiation and also trends in the uh, food and beverage industry. Yeah, we'll bolt these two together because they do go hand in hand, obviously. So episode eight, we spoke about the importance of brand. And, you know, we said that it's arguably the most important element and the least understood, which I think is true. Um, so yeah, you know, take your product away, think about your brand, think about the purpose, think about the sustainability, think about the story, think about how you're involved personally, really, really critical. We, the classic line is, uh, you know, a great product is entry level to the start line, but it's definitely the branding and the purpose and the marketing of that, that will, that will bring you, uh, the success. Absolutely. And then episode 12 sort of falling out of that, we spoke about 
how to identify gaps in the market and what's going to be happening in 2024 is we didn't quite go down the path of, you know, these are the trends because mm. ultimately it's important, but it's actually not that important anymore. What's, what is important is how do you differentiate, stand out and fill gaps in the market. So have a listen to this little uh, mashup of episode eight and episode 12 blended together. Uh, really, really important. And all the, all of these um, purpose pieces resonate very strongly with the younger community. So um, they're growing up with this uh, sustainability um, purpose component, um, very, very important. And uh, that's, a, that's everyone's future customer, uh, consumer, whether you, whether you like it or not. Mm. With the, you know, all the access to the internet these days, this generation can really understand which brands are really doing good by the planet. And, you know, they can see through some of the, you know, we talked about greenwashing, you know, you really need a succinct purpose that is actually linked to, you know, real action in the world. Um, so if I'm starting out, you know, how is it, how do I come to my purpose? You know, if I don't already have that in mind, you know, how do I link that onto my product or my brand? Yeah, well, I think, I think in this whole, this whole branding purpose game has got to be, got to be laced with sincere sort of authenticity. Um, so I think, you know, develop, developing a brand or, Rebranding needs needs to needs to fold in something that you know illustrates that you're being absolutely authentic. Um, you know whether that whether that be um, you know upcycling or saving food waste or doing the right thing by people, kindness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As long as you can articulate that um, in an authentic manner, then uh, you know obviously with a great product because you still need a great product. Then, uh, then you know you got you're going to be significantly advantaged for sure. One area that I find really intriguing that it continues to develop is that of international foods, and we've been involved with some really exciting projects on that front. But one that we had on the podcast, which has had also amazing success this year, is Bay Juice, who has just landed in New York. Yeah, funny story. I mean. When I think of uh, Tim and Liam, there's two things that resonate with me. One, that, you know, being first, which obviously David Andrews spoke about. So, you know, the first drink that you consume uh, to help with how you feel the next morning after al- alcohol. Um, and the Korean pear juice, a great story about how, how Tim um, discovered that in Korea. And then the second thing I think about is, you know, the, the energy with these two guys. is It's exhausting talking to these two guys. You know, they're now, whenever you see them in their, their pink jumpsuits, as you said, they're in New York and they've just done an absolutely fabulous job. But it is, you know, it's one thing to have a great product, great brand, being first, you know, number one. Number two is you you need a lot of energy, as the food entrepreneurs and food businesses out there would know. And they have, uh, you know, they have that energy in spades like you wouldn't believe. So, you know, I wish them all the best and it's just an absolute brilliant story. Let's have a listen to Tim and Liam. Uh, we were also chatting before about you know co-founders um, significantly better idea than you know being a sole founder because it's less lonely. You make half the amount of mistakes. You can bounce stuff off each other mm. and potentially you know reduce the risk and go twice as fast as well. Mm. Would you agree with that? Oh, massively. I yeah. think just for time saving. Yeah, of course. Um, like even today, we're sitting on Canva for a couple of hours, putting together some content. Gone in circles for an hour and then we bounced off each other. Let's do this one, put that one here. I'll do this, you do that. And it was done. I was like, geez, like if you were by yourself, I would have sat there for another two hours dragging and dropping and changing the colors of font for another couple of hours. So from things as simple as that to 
just sharing the load. Like um, Liam's taken on a lot of the accounting stuff. Um, I deal with um, – I work closely with Sumin with the manufacturer and organise the shipments. Yeah, okay. So just little Perfect. little role things like that. Like I couldn't imagine having to do it all myself. No. Yeah. That no. would have burnt I, out a long time ago. We've already had our burnout moments together, let alone solo. I, I would sit here 100% and say there's no way I get as far as we've gotten with Bay just by myself. No, Absolutely no, no way. No, no, sure. no, that's fantastic. That was Tim and Liam from Bay Juice, and they do an amazing job of being the face of that brand and being involved with all of the marketing materials and really trying to own the sort of flavor and message that that brand brings. And another guest that we had that spoke on that point was Tima Elhaj. Yeah, Tima, what, what, a great, uh, what a great guest, and it's really good to have guests that aren't necessarily specifically linked to the food industry but equally are so relevant. And um, yeah, we spoke a lot about utilization of your personal brand and how do you do that? And why that is so important, which you know, I I personally 100% agree with. And and Timo came out with an amazing stat that on LinkedIn, out of all the millions of users there are, there's less than one percent actually post anything on LinkedIn. And so the amount of um, percentage of people that would be posting their faces on images or video would be would be microscopic. So again, you know, the one of the biggest opportunities, the least utilized for mm. sure. LinkedIn is one of the most underutilized platforms, but actually one of the most important these days, especially um, first and foremost in the B2B front. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. LinkedIn is really key. And uh, Team is probably one of the most, um, can, I was going to say LinkedIn people, connected people I have ever met on LinkedIn. <laughs> She's LinkedIn for sure. She's certainly LinkedIn on LinkedIn. So uh, let's have a listen to what Tima had to say. I do understand that some people are very scared. Actually, most people are very scared. Even with, we work with some of the most highly sought after CEOs globally, and even they're scared to actually create a brand on on social media or even LinkedIn for that matter. And what really scares people is just the fear of what people are going to say about them and how they'll be perceived. Mm. And, and it's so interesting because once you actually understand why you're actually creating this brand in the first place, it does ease some of those fears because those fears are very much egocentric, like how we think about ourselves, how we view yeah. ourselves. But if you have, and I know we'll talk about purpose, mm. when you have a bigger mission and a bigger purpose, all those fears tend to dissolve because mm. it's not about you anymore it's actually about something else something that is so much greater than you and i had my fears when i first started my brand a lot of fears and even as a female we kind of touched on this earlier you know what are people going to think about me when they see me um they're going to judge the way i look they're going to judge uh, my age they're going to judge the way i speak you know how i show up physically mm. All those sorts of things. And that sounds crazy maybe to you because you're a man, but to a female we get really, you know, yeah. we're scrutinised by the way we look. And so when I started to create content, I I kept saying to myself, team might get over yourself. Mm. Team might get over yourself because what you're actually doing is so much greater than your own existence that mm. your own insecurities don't really matter. Another amazing guest that we had that, so many of you foodie entrepreneurs were very interested in was Leanne White from Coles. Yeah, Coles, uh, what a fabulous business and what a fabulous individual Leanne. Uh, worked with her personally at BP 2006, 7, 8, 9 around there. And really, you know, first and foremost, what a fabulous career path, really um, done a fabulous job. Now the general manager of grocery merchandise for Coles sounds rather enormous, doesn't it, as a role, but 
Leanne was fabulous and very insightful. And the thing that I loved most of all was when I asked her, you know, what's the best approach for entrepreneurs and brands to to approach cold supermarkets. Um, lots of people aren't sure how to do that. And she really made it very clear that they want to hear from everyone under the sun. But as long as you're clear on what you want and what you've got, um, right, they're definitely all open for discussions. Leanne was open to sharing her contacts so she could introduce brands to the right category managers there's probably a couple of hundred buyers at least in that Coles building or there was back in the day when I when I was in there but no that was really a fabulous fabulous insight and um apart from one podcast which was my intro it's been the most popular podcast not not surprisingly yeah a lot of interest no surprises there and a big quote that you know even though Coles is this huge business in Australia you know like any organization it's made up of real people so don't be afraid to get out there and have a chat. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's have, a, let's have a listen to what Leanne had to say. I think the first thing that I often say to people who are a little bit intimidated by the Coles brand, mm. remember we're just people. Mm-hmm. We're people who are, who, who are Australians who get up every day and want to provide incredible solutions for customers and be successful with great supplier partners. So firstly, just remember we're people. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing I would always uh, encourage is be clear of what you're trying on, on your intention. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we get lots mm-hmm. of correspondence and lots of communication. So we love efficiency. So sometimes Without the journey, what are we trying to achieve? Mm. You're looking to list four products in the confectionery aisle. Your vision for your brand is around health. You see that there's an opportunity in a customer need because your research says X and Y. Um, and this is our manufacturing capability. We can service this amount of volume. And then it allows us to start stepping into the conversation with some facts and therefore we can start unpeeling um, the layers of the conversation and getting into really clear conversations around where there might be opportunities, where there could be considerations and things to think about, case pack sizes, marketing support, Mm -hmm. how are you thinking about getting your brand out there? Is it a national ranging? Is it a trial? And we can work through together. All right. This has been our highlights of our 2023 Food Mentor podcast. We're only just getting up and running, but we're already across the globe. So we appreciate all of you listeners tuning in. We hope that it's been educational and enjoyable and we've provided you with some really exciting content. Thanks, Zach. That was great. And um, I love listening. I'm going to love listening to this uh, this mashup, um, all the highlights in one 20, 25-minute reel. So uh, great listening time over Christmas, New Year, when everyone's lying on the beach or driving around the countryside. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you.